Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube and Twitch, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. Remember, the more followers we get, the more we can give back to the goalkeeping community. Let's all keep paying that knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me momentarily will be 99 World Cup winner, UCLA goalkeeper coach, getting ready for that number two seed matchup against UC Irvine on Friday. I believe that's at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So if you're in the area, check that out. It's also going to be on the Pac-12 network. And hopefully with uh, Omar Zini Pro GK Academy, if he can uh, get out of his session in time. But uh, right now, guys, uh, we're going to start this off with the one and only. You guys know him. You love him. He's everybody's soccer. He's Let's All Soccer. You've read his articles. You've read his analysis. You've seen all of his fantastic work. And now he's the goalkeeper coach at UConn, which is one of the most prolific uh, programs ever in college history, I think, in the United States. The one and only Bill Reno. What's up, dude? Hey, doing good, doing good. I, uh, you know, last time we recorded, you, you know, of course, in the episode with like, hey, you know, like to have you back on next time. And I was thinking like, oh, he's probably just saying that. So thank you for actually having me back on. I was I was surprised to uh, to get the invite again. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, look, one of the things is, Bill, is obviously is a lot's happened to you um, in the past year. You know, last time that we chatted, you weren't actually coaching uh, at the collegiate level at the time. You were uh, you were kind of just hanging out in the house, you know, uh, doing the writing thing, you know, just uh, you, you had the beard going, you know, even more scraggly, you know. <laughs> You had the uh, the background of kind of like you know the uh, the cr- the crazy you know uh, the 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 well what are those little things where the strings are going from one connection to another connection to another connection <laughs> to show yeah. to showcase the connection between this goalkeeper and that goalkeeper and that coach and yeah, all that sort yeah. of stuff and now now look how clean and 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 professional and and organized you look you you look like a you look like a true pro- men's goalkeeper coach. Well, uh, just any goalkeeper coach. How about that? <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, I meant you. you're a man who is goalkeeper coach. How about thank that? You. I almost uh, yeah, got canceled think, right there. Whoops. Yeah, it was. You got real close there. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, uh, it's been a long road, and you know, I, I think with goalkeeping, you know, this is one thing I found out over the last decade or so is that there's a lot of ways you can interact with it. You know, there's not just playing or coaching. There's a lot of other avenues there. So, um, bounced around a bit for sure, and kind of sunk my teeth in a couple different areas but uh no it's good to be where i am and i'm happy to be back on the show so thank you thank you so tell us a little bit about kind of how this all happened because you know um i i i when i saw it i was like oh there's another bill reno out there who's at uconn like when did when did because you you kept it so like it wasn't like a big announcement you know how some people on social media they do they they you know no no names that i'm gonna blast out right there you know Maybe there's a few that may even be on this podcast um, that, uh, that that blasted out to the world when they uh, when they get a new job. But you just kind of like, you know, very quietly took on one of the biggest positions in the country. <laughs> well, um, I am incredibly thankful for a lot of the support I've had both on the front end and also, you know, hearing that and other people. Um, you know, I, I one thing Phil Wedden said to me a, a few years ago was how this country needs a goalkeeping team and not a goalkeeping director um and obviously we need a goalkeeping director on top of that with the with the national 
program. But um, no, I, I, I think that definitely felt the felt that. I, I'm not a big fan of. I'll be. This might be a hot take. I'm not a big fan of the phrase "goalkeeper union" just because I feel like it's over commercialized and this weird. I feel like people throw it out there like, oh, like now I'm in now because I said this catchphrase. It's like I try not to overuse that, but I, I genuinely am very thankful for a lot of the help I've I've been you know, as far as references and guidance. And I'm constantly calling a lot of coaches of like, Hey, you know, what, what do you think about this, this and that? I've had a lot of support in that sense. So um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. And then I think for me personally, like just didn't, I don't know, feel the need to, to put stuff online. I wanted my, my work to speak for itself. And I, I didn't think I, I felt called to put stuff online personally. So nothing against anyone that does that. It's just not something I really was interested in doing. Yeah. For the longest time, I just thought you were like, you were an AI. Like I was like, well, who's this guy who's writing all this content right here? This guy's, this guy's incredible. This clearly must be a machine that's doing all of this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, this sometimes it doesn't feel too far off of that as far as like how much I'm trying to reach out and, and watch and cover and write about this. It, it's, it does seem a little absurd at times, but um, it's good to know that I guess in some sense I was doing such a efficient job. I was, I felt somewhat like a computer to someone. So I guess that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let, let's, let's kind of like talk about that kind of before we kind of get into today's topic and everything like that. And Suskia will be joining us on, on in a moment. I don't know if, if Omar is going to be able to, to make it based on, uh, based on his, uh, his situation right now. But, uh, but you, you know, you started writing while you were coaching and everything like that. And, that, and that's something that I think a lot of, young coaches out there kind of need to to recognize is that sometimes when you really put these things on paper and you kind of look at it from the macro you know how beneficial it's going to be to your own development as well too yeah you know i, I think and, and kind of thinking about a few things with goalkeeping recently like everyone really needs to kind of find their own path for themselves and like what actually works i, I think in a lot of ways both with goalkeeping and just life people want to put these hard lines on that things have to be a certain way um you like you know you think for player development you have to go to europe or you have to stay in mls you know when reality is you, you see exceptions to the rule, rule all the time and so with me coaching wise like i i some of it was intentional <laughs> some of it was i was fortunate um but uh i definitely at various points like wanted to um get involved in goalkeeping in a way that included writing, but also was a test for myself of like, well, do I actually know what I'm talking about? I think we've all seen people who have hit volleys at someone and call themselves a goalkeeper coach, but the reality is, is they're not actually teaching them anything. Um, and that's a fun hat that they get aware, but reality is, is they're kind of limited in what they can actually do. So I, I didn't want to fall into that personally. I wanted to kind of get a little bit more of the meat, I suppose. Well, I think, you know, one of the really cool things that you've done in your career, and for those of people who aren't familiar, go out there and, and check out, especially, you know, some of Bill's uh, blogs out there in regards to um, everybodysoccer.com, is that you've you've done analysis of leagues that a lot of people aren't really as familiar with out there. And you've really gotten into some, I don't want to say lack of a better term, obscure, obscure goalkeepers out there. And, uh, and, 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 to be honest with you, I've learned a lot from reading a lot of your blogs and, and, and actually a lot of the, the reasons that a lot of our, our guests and panelists and everything like that have, have expanded is because I wasn't made aware of these people because of, of the work that you were doing. Was there any specific, you know, person that you were trying to go after? And then you kind of started seeing, Oh my, you know, there's all these other goalkeepers that aren't getting the love. No one's really done a, an analysis of them. No one's really broken down what their qualities are. They're just kind of focusing on like the, 
David De Gea's and the Mendy's and the All Blacks and all that stuff? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think probably a lot of the thread pulling I got pulled into or fell down towards um, was of kind of wondering what happened after our kind of golden era of American goalkeeping. Um, and that kind of falls out somewhere, you know, early to mid 2000 teens, I suppose. Um, and I was trying to figure out, I think probably that start of that decade, I was trying to figure out more of like, okay, well, what's, we had things going here. So what happened that kind of led to this rabbit hole of like really digging down to kind of realize like, okay, well, how does gold of goalkeeper development work? What are these countries looking for? Um, what makes a goalkeeper successful here versus there? Um, and I think the thing I kind of stumbled on was how regionalized a lot of goalkeeping is um, as far as trends and who's, what is, what is popular? What's a strength? What's a weakness? Um, who is a good goalkeeper? Uh, Cause the reality is no one can watch the whole world. I mean, I, I don't even, I wouldn't claim to do that even myself. So, um, you know, I, I think that was something that just kind of opened my eyes a little bit that I mean, even in the college game, what's, what's popular and strong and, and a good thing on the East coast is going to differ on the West coast. So, um, it's been kind of a really, I guess this is my nerd goalkeeper side coming out that I really, I'm really interested in all those kind of nuances that break out from that. Um, but it, uh, it's a big rabbit hole, I would say. <laughs> So kind of before we go into to, in, into today's specifics, which is guys is going to be identifying trends and patterns, and we're going to look at it more from the micro level, but let's talk about the macro level. What are some of the trends, Bill, that you're seeing in the modern goalkeeping game around the world and maybe in, in specific regions of the world that, that might not necessarily translate in other areas? Like you're bringing up, you know, obviously climates, you know, and styles of play, you know, kind of determine how the goalkeepers play in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll definitely give credit to Dougie Cardosi for this. Um, and we had a long conversation a few years ago, and it's just one of those, you know, you have a million conversations live. This is one of the things that stuck in my head. But um, we, we kind of stumbled on this idea that, you know, goalkeepers are basically the antithesis to what offenses are asking. And um, again, going back to the regionalized aspect, like what is going to be happening in La Liga versus the premier league versus college soccer. I mean, all, all those are all very different offenses. Um, and so the goalkeeper's requirement is going to be different from place to place there. Um, and so, you know, you get into this kind of odd question answering process of the attack is asking a question the goalkeepers are answering a question, but they also are asking a question of, you know, can you, you know, if I take this space, how are you going to respond? Or if I sit back, how are you going to respond? So you got this kind of interesting tug of war process going on um, with goalkeepers and I guess defenses and offenses. Um, but ultimately everyone's trying to make a gain on each other at the end of the day. So you do have some development over time, but I think that's why you kind of trends kind of go a little slowly because um, everyone's kind of trying to even out. It's like, Hey, how do I actually beat this uh, that's facing in front of me? And, and I think you just brought up a really good point in regards to trends is that a lot of times trends, can start out regionalized and then become universal because people start incorporating certain styles of play that might necessarily not have been as familiar in those areas. I mean, like I'll just give like a very basic, you know, vague example, you know, obviously the, you know, the, the English league, especially even before the premier league, you know, um, was known as a very direct league, you know, it was a lot of consistent long ball type of play. 
And then there was an influence of, of different players from different parts of the world that came into the league and coaches that brought a different style of play. And then it became more of a possession league. And now you started seeing that the goalkeepers that they started recruiting into the league had different qualities than they had brought in before. For instance, if you take somebody, and no disrespect to anybody who played in the in the Premier League, you know, in the mid-90s to the late 90s or whatever, but they might not necessarily have the qualities that they're looking for at the top-tier clubs today. Yeah, well, you know, the game's always advancing, so that's a big part of it. You know, I think you could say that probably about any position, to be honest, um, outside of, the, you know, the generational talents in there. Um, but, you know, you, you look at what the game looked like in, you know, decades ago, you go back to the 80s, 90s, you know, that game looks a lot different. It's still soccer at the end of the day, I suppose, but it looks a lot different. The offenses and defenses are asking different questions and kind of the space creation and space giving away, I guess, aspect is, um, is all different, you know. And so what defenses were allowing offenses to do versus what they're allowing them to do now uh, looks totally different. So those requirements of goalkeepers are going to change. But, you know, I think where the game was at the start of the century probably suited a lot of American goalkeepers in a lot of ways. But where the game has gone now, it seems like, you know, I, I, I question how much of like, our approach towards goalkeeping has kept up with that kind of modern trend. I think we say a lot of buzzwords that sound cool, but I don't think we quite really developed them to the point that needs to match what the game is asking a lot of times. And, and to see, and that's my concern, you know, in, in regards to this. And I think, I believe you might've even written an article about this, about this uh, a, a while back in regards to the American goalkeeper and why the American goalkeeper was valued in the past and why maybe let's just say it not as valued now, I mean, when you really come to the root of it, is it did we get stuck in our ways in this country, in our development, and therefore we were trying to identify goalkeepers that fit those qualities that were antiquated for where the game is today? And I know that's a very broad question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's and I think you could ask a lot of really, I, I think you could ask a lot of smart people that would have a lot of different answers, would just would go to show how complex the question and answers are to it. There's a lot of layers. There's not just one answer to that. Um, I mean, certainly the lack of a goalkeeping director with the, the, within USSF is a problem. You know, what you, what, what ends up happening from that, everyone is kind of king of their own Island and just kind of develops how they wish. And then that's that. Um, but I, I think, you know, you're going to see goalkeeper development on a world stage isn't necessarily like this. You're going to have kind of, ebbs and flows and spikes and what becomes important. I mean, when they changed the back pass rule, it didn't instantly overnight turn into everyone's playing possession. It took time to get there. But then when people started figuring that out a little more, like you kind of see a little bit more of a spike. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of layers to that. Um, and certainly things that I've never even considered myself. I'm sure people could weigh in more on that. Um, but I think probably the big, big things for me is the combination of a lack of real direction in our country, but also kind of how the game spiked. Um, we, we have a lot of, I would call them kind of converted basketball players is what I would say is a lot of American goalkeeping. And that, I think that makes us successful in a lot of areas, but where the game kind of has gone now, I don't think that always translates as, as probably as strong as it, as it once did. So, so let's kind of kind of get into that right now, you know, because Suskia is going to be joining us momentarily right now, um, and and she's going to be able to step in and talk about the college game as well too. Um, 
you know, in regards to trends and patterns and identifying trends and patterns from 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 the micro and the macro, which would obviously we're talking about world leagues here. What do kind of we mean by identifying trends and patterns for maybe some parents out there who, who don't really know the vernacular we're speaking about? Yeah, um, certainly there's not. I, I mean, I could not come up with an exhaustive list. I was trying to think kind of ahead of time. Um, you know, there's a million things. Um, and what is a trend? You know, you could have a trend in a short window or a long window. I mean, it's not it's not like a yearly trend or anything. Um, but of just stuff I've seen, I guess, online and then also seeing how goalkeepers play. Um, there's a lot of little things, macro, micro. So I guess some things off that I had written down here. Um, people love talking about the hand swinging. <laughs> I don't really care about the subject personally, but people love talking about that on like the pre-shot of how a lot of some keepers will kind of hitch their hands back and then have them come forward. Have you ever tried it um, yourself? Have you ever, have you ever tried to do it yourself? Um, I, I haven't, um, unless I was goofing around, I guess, but, um, it never really fit my style personally, but, uh, people <laughs> love talking about that. Um, a lot of breakaways, one v one kind of approach that's, that's really kind of revamped, uh, over the years. A big one I, I see a lot of the time now, this is probably the hot topic one is how many people you should have on your post for a corner. Um, that's a big one. Uh, sweeper keeper was a big one that I feel like is kind of falling out because everyone realized how difficult it was to, to really institute. So they kind of backed off a little bit, even though they said it was the, the new wave. Um, uh, you see a lot more foot saves now. I'm sure Stan Anderson would, would bark about how much uh, <laughs> our keepers don't hold balls. And I think he's got something to that. Um, of course, playing out of the back. Um, and then, you know, even something as small as like facing penalties. Um, you know, I think I cannot remember the goalkeeper's name, but you know, the spaghetti legs, like distraction stuff. Like I, I think what we're at now in penalties is like the goalkeeper is very still and is trying to maximize the time to read the striker before they go. They're not trying to show their hand too soon. Whereas before, like, I think they, they kind of guess a little bit earlier. Um, you know, of course, crossing as well is another big one that how, how the game and again this goes back to the kind of the question answer process of the attack is is asking a different question with crosses now versus 10 20 30 years ago um and so the goalkeepers are answering that question a little differently so you can get into a lot of the minors i mean you know you can get some of the small is like um maybe catching the ball more of a diamond versus a w grip um i feel like that's just in my anecdotal experience has gotten a little more popular over the last 10 years um so it, it big small it goes there's a lot of trends there yeah, you know, and I and I think in in regards to to all these trends, I think I want a lot of young coaches out there to hear this, and even young goalkeepers out there to hear this. That just because something is trendy doesn't necessarily mean it's effective for you. You have to find what works for you. And for some people, they feel comfortable doing an arm swing, and they can time it just right, and it works. For other people, it's very ineffective. Uh, I think it was funny. I think you were bringing up Jersey Dudek when it was the. The, uh, the the whole the whole jumping jacks yeah, yeah, type yeah. Of thing, and I think yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I think I saw that was 04 in the Champions League, uh, when when he did that. I'd never seen anybody, and I was talking to my friend Nate Failing, who at the time was goalkeeper coach at Santa Barbara, and he said, "A year from now, you're going to see every goalkeeper doing that because every goalkeeper is watching this game right now." Yeah. And then sure enough, it became it became the next thing. Every I did it. And I'm like five eight, so I don't know what I'm doing because I'm not covering anything. What am I trying? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm basically trying to wasting fool them my time. to think you're actually a little taller than you actually are. Maybe you put those exactly by throwing my, little... my hands up yeah. there, like that guy's got at least yeah. a reach of seven feet uh, yeah. Yeah. by doing that. Uh, Peter, uh, Peter, um, 
Falilia uh, has a great question uh, right here, and I want to throw this up right here uh, for you, uh, Bill. And he goes, with different trends, where do you begin with a youth goalkeeper starting out? And that's a great question, Peter. That is a good question. Uh, and again, you'll get a lot of different answers on that. Um, you know, I think in a general sense, people would probably agree with whatever is fun and successful for And, and I guess the age probably is, is going to be dependent on what you're talking about. If we're talking about like under 10, you know, really you want to keep them safe and have fun. Um, you know, they don't really have any bad habits to, to work around as you get a little bit older towards like 12, 13, 14. Um, you may get a little bit more technically focused, but for me, the big thing that I, I really try to keep my focus on is like, is there traction? Is there almost like an addiction to it and, and not a, in a negative way, but um, they want to learn more about it. Do they enjoy doing um, whatever's in front of them? I may think that, Hey, they need to work on their handling, but if that is incredibly boring for them, you know, can we find a way to not table that completely, but have a way to blend that in somehow. Um, but you know, ultimately for me, I would say, you know, you want to make sure they're having traction going forward, even if they don't go play professionally, you know, that's fine. Um, but you know, you want to, you want to make it worth their time and you want to make them feel kind of empowered and successful. Uh, the position is difficult and scary enough. You know, you don't need to double down on that. So, but that's a great question. And, and a lot of different answers on that for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Look who's here. Hey, Look who's here. There, we go. there we go. Yeah. Hi, Bill, how are you doing? Sorry about the delay. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. No, that's right. Uh, apologies on the, on the two seed. I, um, it's some um, polarizing. Oh. Yeah. Hey, but I, but I said, this might actually be good. This might be good motivation for y'all because now you have something to go prove. You go, you go show them you're the one seed. You know, you go beat. Yeah, kids, just, so. oh, East Coast bias. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and and not only I lost, we lost the one seed to my alma mater, so to Rutgers. So. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh, rough, rough. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm psyched. You know, psyched for yeah. the game on Friday and cool. for everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. It doesn't okay. really matter. You got to play who you play. Period. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to, to, to catch you up a little bit, you know, um, we just basically have been kind of talking about like identifying trends and patterns. And we kind of one of the things that Bill really brought up, and I, I believe that you feel kind of the exact same way, is that just because something is trendy or cool or all the goalkeepers are doing it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for you and effective for you. So you still need to be honest with who you are, and what your qualities are to find the best way to play that that works for who you are. Yeah, like my favorite case save or block save or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's not it's not right for everybody. It's a great example, um, and it, I think it's trend. I think it's a trend. Um, but um, as a coach, you have to make sure players um, don't get caught up in certain things or are doing it properly. Um, and I think we find a lot with. Um, the, that as an example is, you know, distance from the ball is wrong and not understanding when to use um, that, when to stand somebody up, when to, you know, hit a 50-50 on a, you know, on a collapse at somebody's feet. And I think that as coaches, we have to really educate when, when trends like that come up. Yeah. Well, and I, I'll tack on too. And you, I think just the way kids are kind of being taught today is we're, we're giving them a lot of hard answers on everything. Um, and of course, coach to coach is going to vary on what that answer is, as opposed to really encouraging more of an exploratory process. Cause you guess, you know, if you have one keeper who's five, eight and one who's six, three, like you can't coach in the same way. And, and they themselves need to recognize, okay, I need to play different than this goalkeeper next to me. But I think a lot of times 
I, th I think when, and I, I fall into this myself for sure, I, I, a keeper will ask me, what should I have done there? And I want to give them a direct, like definitive answer. But the reality is I need to teach them to learn essentially. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and they need to be able to kind of think, okay, what are the tools I have? How do I need to approach that? What's good for me as opposed to just like a definitive, like this is what I have to do here. Yeah. And I run into that a lot in the sense of like, uh, you know, when Kelly, I think when Kelly came in and she, tried to like change her style and her way because she saw like what Lauren was doing. Yeah. And I'm like, Kelly, Kelly, you're brought in for certain strengths and stuff. And, and Lauren's a different goalkeeper than you are. Um, so let's enhance those strengths, work, work on your weaknesses, but you're not here to, to be a Lauren. You're here to be a Kelly. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and that's how you have to approach it. I mean, I've got Adalia who's five, five, four, you know, to Kelly's, you know, six feet. So you can't coach, you can't coach them the same positionally, anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that really goes kind of into play as well too, when we're talking about like, you know, when you're, when you're looking at trends and when you're looking at patterns, you have to take the individual into account. You know, I think one of the biggest problems bill that a, a lot of coaches make out there is that they go, Oh, this is how this team plays. This is how this team plays. And then there's a completely different goalkeeper in the goal that game than they were expecting. And because that goalkeeper is five, nine and not six, five, they're playing very differently. And now your scouting report is completely out the window. So you have to be able to teach your goalkeepers how to, how to recognize these things. Sure. Yeah. You know, scouting reports are, are tricky as far as preparing, mm -hmm. especially your goalkeepers, just preparing them what they need to see. I mean, I think in set pieces, that's probably where scouting reports are going to be most important of, what does a, a team want to do on corners or maybe a penalty? You see that a lot of like the, the penalty tendencies. That's a big one. Um, but as the game gets, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like UCLA is practicing pattern runs. Like, every, like every, <laughs> you know, the ball gets this point and you're going to make a hook route or, you know, like that's not happening. Um, yeah. And there will be like a little bit of like familiarity as like which players on what parts of the field I get that, but it's a lot of improv in the game. So you make, you have to make sure you have a balance of, okay, like I do need to be prepared for some high um, likelihood situations. But on the other hand, like, you know, you play the same team 20 times in a row, like they're going to have different looks on goal and um, you need to make sure you have as many tools in your toolbox as you can uh, yeah. to face those. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, Suskia, one, one thing that I think you, you've always brought up a lot of times is that goalkeepers need to still be instinctual. And a lot of times goalkeepers overprepare with these scouting reports and they try to play this concept, this idea of these patterns that their coach told me, Hey, watch out for number seven. They're going to always be doing blah, blah, blah. Right. So they're all they're doing in their head is they're thinking about what, when number seven's doing that. And by then the ball's in the back of the net because number seven never did that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I agree. I think on set pieces and stuff, you know, teams tend to have like plays and I think scouting reports are good for that. Um, I, they, I, I waver a bit on penalties um, because it depends on the individual goalkeeper, um, especially if you're in a shootout situation where you can sit there and, and, you know, we could take last, last season again, you know, against Clemson, you know, we had, we had seen all them cause they had taken penalty kicks before, um, which way they go, all that stuff. And I'm the kind of person, like part of me is like, I, I don't really want to know because now we're getting into a head game and, <laughs> and 
you know, do they know I know? And if if the first kicker goes the opposite direction and I go the way I thought she was going to go, well, now all their kickers know that I've seen the scouting report. And it gets kind of crazy. And it actually, I think, to, to be very blunt, I think it really hurt us in that, in that shootout against Clemson. And um, I think that it, there has to be a certain amount of instinct once you get – into that situation from the goalkeeper to 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 understand the player in front of them the situation and 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 be a goalkeeper at times. Um, a same same with just like the flow of the game and stuff. You can't you can't just assume it. There's too many. It's gray area. There are too many choices out there to do things. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we think we talk about this information process, but I think something that's forgotten about is kind of this pattern recognition. So. I mean, I, I think a lot of goalkeepers, maybe they can't verbalize it, but everyone kind of knows what it looks like when a player's kind of leaning their body a certain way right. to pull this ball across. And so if in your head you've been told, hey, you know, you have to go, you know, this way, but your eyes are seeing something that's telling mm-hmm. you the opposite. Well, now, yeah. like, it, what you don't want to get caught into is, like, trying to make two different decisions, and now you've made no decision at all. Yeah, and you're and you're slow on your decision making because of it. And I think like a good example is the, the PK um, against USC the other day. Like watching um, watching the, the player line up. I won't call it out, but watching her line up. Um, for me, I the way she lined up to take the shot, it was pretty much obvious what side she was going to because it would have been incredibly hard PK to come back across her body from the run up and from the distance. Um, and she did go that way. And Lauren almost got a hand to it. And Lauren read that at that time in that player, you know, and I think that, yeah, you can't get, you can't, you, you can't get two in your head. And you can see when it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speak, speaking of trends, I think you know one of the one of the problems that we see, and I, and I want to focus on positive things as well too. But I think one of the one of the issues that we see a lot of times is that goalkeepers are being told because a coach wants to play a certain way to do this every time, as opposed to recognizing the situation where the danger is and what's going to be effective in that moment. I can't tell you how many times. I've heard a, co- a goalkeeper tell me afterwards, well, my coach told me, yeah, yeah, you know, my coach told me I'm supposed to blah, blah, blah. And again, especially youth goalkeepers are extremely literal. So head coaches out there that are listening to this, <laughs> that are listening to this, you tell your young goalkeeper to play the ball short and you don't give any more specific information than that. Every single play that game is going to be a short ball yeah. because they want you to be happy. And that's actually a really good example, Mike. I think that, you know, with now the short, um, we'll take goal kicks, for example, with the short goal kick, goal kick you know, <laughs> don't be so literal. Like you have to you have to be a student of the game during the game as well. You have to understand um, the scenario. You know, has your team been under pressure for, you know, the past five minutes and we haven't been able to get out of the back is it time to knock a long ball to push people up and play in their end don't be so little don't be like i have to pass the bat ball short here then they're going to play out but it doesn't work that way all the time um and that's a trend that people get caught up in as well we were talking oh this is the this is the play this is how we're going to do it and we're going to do well the other team knows that too (laughs) you know so you have to be in that scenario especially for for goalkeepers you have to you have to be able to identify it's gamesmanship. You have to be you have to be able to un- understand what the game needs at the time, and not ter- and any coach that would say I said th- play it short, it's like well the ball's been down our throat 
for, for five minutes. <laughs> like, let's go play on their end. You know, sometimes you have to make those decisions in the run of play. You're not yeah, a robot. Bill, <laughs> you know, Bill, Bill, one thing that you brought up that I thought was really good is that your eye is seeing one thing and your mind is telling you another thing. So now you're in paralysis by analysis type of situation. I like that. Because way. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not mine. It's it's oh. it's. Uh, no, you take credit. You take it. I like credit. that one. Oh, <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's Cat Perez. Cat Perez is a, a thing. So I'll I'll give Paralysis shout out shout out to Catalina <laughs> Perez, Columbia yeah, yeah. national team goalkeeper. I'm gonna have um, to I'm gonna have to use that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But uh, but but you know, but that is that is an important thing right there because the thing is is that you know we are in a situation where if a player recognizes a goalkeeper is expecting them to do something because they've been doing it over and over again. And they start seeing them already cheating because they've been doing that over and over again. A good player is going to be able to change and make an adjustment. You know, Michelle Akers talked about this all the time. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. if you, if I'm doing this over and over and then you're expecting me to do it, guess what? If I know you're going to expecting it, I'm going to change. I'm going to adjust, you know, I, I'm not a robot either. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. One and I, you know, Sasuke, I was one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking. It was, I think, one of the worst feelings I had as a player was feeling like I had to do something that I was confident wasn't going to work. Um, and so, you know, like the idea of playing, you know, I, you know, this is a crafted situation. But if I, you know, I was told, "Hey, play short," and I know this person is going to turn the ball over, or they're just going to jump on, you know, yeah. like that. That was a really not only unfun, but just such a frustrating thing of like, I'm being told something that like is obvious. This is going to not work out here. Um, as opposed to really thinking like, well, Hey, how can we beat what's in front of us here? What is, what is the situation? How do we respond to this here? Um, you know, I, I think when you, the idea of like robots is, is something that yeah. I think as as coaches, like it's easy for us to treat our players as that of like, Oh yeah, you like, this is the answer. Do this. But the reality is it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'll tell my goalkeepers this all the time, like a bad decision is better than no decision. And we'll like, as long as we're picking something like we can work with that and for sure. And maybe there's something to learn there, but what we don't want is that, you know, paralysis and we, we don't want to be stuck in or just throwing ourselves into a situation, hoping it goes well, you know, let's make a decision and go with it. And then that's going to make you more successful. Even if it's the wrong one, that's going to make you more successful than just hoping something works out. Yeah, you know, and, and and I think you know one of the things that that we're bringing up right here, which which I think is is really solid, guys, is the whole fact that we're, the whole reason that we identify patterns is to be able to break those be able to break break those patterns or be successful and and be ready to to make the save because of the patterns. It's not to like, hey, cool, I just identified it. Like, congratulate, now I just won something. No, no, it's 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 another tool out there. Just like being able to move your feet is a, is a tool, you know, it's not the end all be all just because you recognize a pattern doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. You still have to be able to execute in, in that moment. And Saskia, I know this is something a, a lot of times that happens with you is you've talked to people before and they go, Hey, blah, 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 is blah, 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 blah. And you're like, great. Now fix it. Like, you know, just, just because you see it doesn't mean that that's not the whole, that's not the whole goal. That's, that's part one. If that makes sense. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or am I all all, all over? All yeah. over. <laughs> well, I I will say I think it's very easy to just sit back and kind of point out like, hey, that is or isn't working. But I think to Tuska's point, like of trying to actually get a solution or some traction or direction, like that's that's very very difficult, you know. And I, you know, so I I think that's probably the big rub for me. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to I want to talk about this and then I want to kind of kind of get into some of these clips here and everything like that. But um, when we're talking about trends throughout a season with your own goalkeeper personally, you know, I think that this is something that I've I've made a mistake in the past of not. Now, you know, we, we talked about exit interviews with Sharpie last week, Susk, right? Yeah. In regards to, you know, don't make it about the last game, but make it about what you've seen throughout the entire season. Right. So, like, Susk, how can we use, like, the information that we've received throughout the entire year of how this goalkeeper's been progressing to help them be successful this offseason to be really ready for that next year? Well, I think that, you know, obviously throughout the season, like, they could be negative or positive trends. And I think that, you know, you have to identify both um, and, you know, whether can't give up everything, but whether, whether a goalkeeper is doing, um, these are theoretical goalkeepers. Theoretical goalkeepers are, is doing something wrong, wrong consistently. Like, you know, during the season, you have to, you have to deal with that and, and break that trend and, and retrain that. But at the same time, like if they're starting to um, do something better, like it, it could be distribution, it could be um, handling crosses, it could be like, communication, whatever, then you want to obviously like enhance that and pick up on that and like keep that growing. Um, and, and yes, exit interviews are, you know, a great way to do that. You don't want to kind of, you don't want anybody coming back next season and forgetting all the good things they did. It's starting over. <laughs> just because that, yeah. that 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 whole report just has all this negative information and they're like, Did I do anything last year? I remember yeah. I I think I started last year. Why why did I even play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you wanna the, the mentality of the, the goalkeeper is something that I mean you hear a lot of people talk about, but I, I think that's incredibly like you know, if you bombard this goalkeeper with all the problems, I mean the the game is set up for them to fail. They're supposed to get scored on. If it's a zero-zero game, everyone is upset and disappointed. So, um, except for the goalkeeper, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, they, you, you, the mentality is a big part of it. And you know, we have to be mindful of, you know, if they are having problems in a certain situation, is this one thing that we need to prep them on and kind of get them more looks at, or is this something that the work that's going to be going to take to to kind of fix that is going to be so destructive and so distracting of like hey you, you know you're doing all these things wrong it's like well mid-season you may want to try to find a more creative pivot of like okay this is going to take a lot of work to fix this we're just gonna, right now you know we got two weeks left for our season we've got to find a way to work around this because we can't you know i can't teach someone how to how to handle crosses in two weeks if they if they're terrible at it like that's just not realistic so <laughs> may, maybe it's we true. just pivot of like hey you're just going to sit on your line. Like we're going to work on this in the off season, but like right now, like we just got to figure it out. Right unfortunately, head, head, like field coaches think you can fix it. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, are you yeah. doing that? We're working on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's me. I know. She knows. Yeah. We're working on it. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. By the way, as I just want anyone who's listening to this right now to know, these are theoretical goalkeepers. These not are not even, specific yeah. goalkeepers. Laura has nothing to fix. Fine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, you, you brought up a good point there, Bill, which is a lot of times in regards to crossing it, it is mental. And Suskia, I think that's something, you know, maybe this is a question even for like Dan Abrahams or something like that, but we have to identify mental trends in our goalkeepers, whether positive or negative throughout the year too. Right. I think sometimes what you find is if a, a keeper has made a, like a mistake several times, um, that they, then when you're trying to adjust it, they are in their head. 
So it's an interesting balance to, you know, okay, yeah, you were too far near post, you know, done it a couple times. Sometimes it's been tragic. Other times we've gotten away with it, but you know that, but you don't want them overthinking it come game time either. You don't want them like now, now when they need to come more near post, they're not like, you know, so it, that, that isn't, you know, that is a major factor. Um, and that comes in, I think the way you coach your delivery your communication um, with your goalkeepers and, and fixing it both physically and, and mentally, because it, it's, in their head. It's a thought process. They have to make the mental adjustment, um, whether it's on crosses or anything else. And so, but you don't want them to kind of overdo it either. Bill, do you kind of have to sometimes accept a mental pattern that a goalkeeper has because it's going to completely destroy them if you try to change it during season? Like you were talking about, obviously a goalkeeper that can't can't handle crosses, you know, in two weeks and two weeks left into the season before conference tournament, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say in my experience, half of the goalkeepers I come across are thinking too much, and half aren't thinking enough. Is probably more <laughs> more or less. So, um, and I think it becomes really evident pretty quickly of you know if a, if a person is kind of hesitating. That's because they're thinking too much and they're kind of right. still in their body around. Like that's, you know, probably don't have a blueprint we need. Um, so in some sense, like, you know, I, I, am really weary of trying to get someone to change their either mindset or character. Cause I think that is one very right. difficult, but also too, like, I think you get into some very murky waters there of trying to talk about something you don't really know about. Um, yeah. so I, in some sense, I think you've got to kind of work with what you got, but at the same time, like, are there ways we can empower them to use their strengths and find ways to, um, you know, get them to kind of hide the weaknesses in some sense? Uh, you know, if I've got a, if I've got a goalkeeper who is overthinking, for example, I may try to look at some options, you know, when it comes to maybe breakaways of like, Hey, mm-hmm. let's, let's simplify it. Either you're going to hold back or you're going to run down the line. And maybe those aren't really the ideal, you know, we want to be a little more nuanced with it, but for the keeper traction, I think a lot of times we just kind of simplify it when they're overthinking like, Hey, okay, mm-hmm. I can just focus on this one thing. I can go do that. Um, and then after that, we can kind of swing back around, but it, you, I, I don't know. I'm always, I, I, I don't love like weighing in on like how a goalkeeper needs to change their mentality or psych, you know, psychology mm-hmm. side of it. Cause I, I think they, I mean, there's just a lot there that I don't feel super comfortable weighing in on just cause it's very intangible and, and invisible in a lot of ways. I think for me, when I find, you know, and it can, and you know, when you find keepers in practice, let's say in practice or whatever, and that you can tell they're having a bad practice or they are too in their head and stuff like my thing is they know it. Number one. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So I'm not pointing out something they don't know. And my, usually my response is, okay, let's just do the simple things. And I tell them, just go back to the basics. That's it. You know, yeah, you're because tr- you're, you're trying too hard. You're thinking too much. Just catch, kick, like make yeah, the save. Yeah. You know, and and just you know, be an athlete. And I just kind of dumb it down to them. I'm not going to sit there and they know what they're doing, and you know, they know they're making this mistake. And you know, sometimes the mistake isn't. It's in their head. It's the they, they so allow them just to take a breath and um, just be basic. Just be simple. Yeah. They come up, with, I, you know, they can make a lot of times it'll surprise you. They'll make the change on their own in the flow of things, especially in practice. 
I would say probably one of my one more iconic like goalkeeping like mental failures for myself was one time seeing that seeing a goalkeeper who was and this is years ago now at this point but since goalkeeper was just having a terrible practice and then I'm coming in trying to like fix everything um at the middle of practice after practice you know and it, it like nothing is working and I'm just thinking like what I know my information I'm giving is correct um which it may or may not have been I don't know but um it wasn't until days later that I realized that you know the kids parents are getting a divorce and now this off the field stuff is is coming in so you know that sort of stuff is like you know i i think we have to be really mindful of like hey how are we what is it like is my interaction actually going to help you know i think you know that's a really great example there of kind of giving them a tangible simple thing to work on um you know so i I think yeah sometimes like i'll just step back and I'll yeah. just be like, yeah. just let, just let, yeah. let it all fall apart. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, sure. Because some, there's, I agree with you. Some, you can overcoach. You can, yeah. and, and it can be a detriment. And so sometimes, I, like, I'll just sit and I just won't say anything. But let's yeah. see if they can figure this one out and pull themselves out of it. And if they don't, well, we'll come back the next day and, we'll, you know, we'll work on it. Sure. Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. By the way, speaking of uh, off off the field, uh, Stan Anderson just said, might yeah. check your Twitter DMs, Saskia Weber. So there must be some must be some sort of surprise there in your Twitter DMs. Yeah, careful, <laughs> careful. Uh, <laughs> is this a virus? Oh, yeah. I had Twitter. I have DM on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, oh, there it is. Yep. Sorry, I see it, Stan. Thanks. I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Um. Well, I want to do this right now. I want to pull up. Uh, I want to pull up some clips from uh, from UConn season. And Bill, obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, congratulations on 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 your first year. Obviously, unfortunate not making the tournament. Uh, you know, um, it's a uh, it's always difficult to make the tournament. And uh, and you know, you're obviously in a very difficult conference. You have some of the best teams in the country you know, in your conference. So it's, 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 it's no small task and everything like that. But, uh, but we want to put a little ray of sunshine on that. We want to put, pull up some clips of, uh, from, 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 uh, from the season right now here. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull up, uh, some, some of these guys. I'm curious right. what you have here. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> what you're pulling up. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I must say. <laughs> All right, so let's. Uh, so we're going to start right here. So look at this team we're, they're, that they're playing here. Uh, this is a, a little team known as Rutgers uh, that that uh, that you're playing here. And obviously, this is in the 54th minute right here. And uh, basically, essentially, what happens is the ball is played back to Wait. Um, he recognizes the chase right here. He recognizes the space too. And again, instead of playing short, he recognizes the fact that they were holding off on midfield. And look at that pass. What a pass. Perfect pass right over there. Um, first off, uh, you know, Bill, why don't we, why don't you kind of talk about the trends that you kind of notice, you know, throughout the season, you know, in, in, in the Big East and, and kind of, you know, how you wanted your goalkeeper to play because of it. Well, I will say this. I mean, and as much as I would love to take credit for, you know, any success we had on the field, I the reality is like I I got Jamal here for one semester, so I am slow here to say any of his successes are mine. Not to say that I I think we had it. We we got to a really good spot and had a really good, you know, as far as the goalkeeping side went, I thought we did really well. To be honest, I think he personally got a little robbed on the all conference awards, but that's aside. Um, but, um, I think Jamal, one of Jamal's biggest strengths is kind of space awareness. Um, I think this is a great example of how he's kind of recognized in this game as a whole was a lot of back and forth that finished four two. Um, but he's recognized that there's a lot of space in a certain part of the field. 
he simplifies it, connects the pass. I don't think he really overextends. I mean, this is a little bit of a, a distance here, but I don't think he he tries to do too much. It's a pretty straightforward. Like he sees the space here. He knows the player receiving the ball is, a, is pretty good on the ball, pulling it down, and just kind of says, "Okay, like let's let's play here." Um, so I you, this is a lot of credit, Jamal. I, I it's not like I was whispering the sideline, "Hey, when you get the ball in the fifty fifth minute, make this pass." I mean, that's, <laughs> not, that's how, but, how goalkeeping. But this is, it's actually a really good example of, of number one m- multiple options, but making the you know, and you might have a coach on this that has told you like what we're talking trends. Okay. Like younger coaches, when they said, I told you to play short. So he wants him to play to what 22 out there by the number 31. So if you, if you don't allow your, your goalkeepers to make those decisions in the, in, in, and people, you know, I hate joysticking. So um, they might force that short pass because that's what you've told them. That's what they're supposed to do. Um, But instead he looks up, he identifies his, you know, his, outside winger who has plenty of space to take a touch and make it look at all that space you know and it's a great decision but i think that with trends some people make no we're supposed to build out of the back and i told you to play short and then you find goalkeepers that are like but i'm supposed to do this and force that pass instead of making the the, the proper one which is the one he did yeah yeah what i what i love about this play too is this look look at how high rutgers is playing if he had played that ball short then they could keep coming in and congesting that area, you know, and they could get stuck in a situation where they're pressing them. But by recognizing how high Rutgers is, if this guy can get right past this dude, look at that. Now, now you're on a counter. Now you're in a brilliant position. Yeah, but even his follow-up player, he can they can one two around him, and he could go down the wing. Like you know, that's why I said he has so much space to make decisions with here. So, but yeah. and so you know, it's a good decision. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, Jamali. Uh, both to the team and also his own credit, like he feels very empowered here. He can tell. I mean, he's his vision is top down, not bottom. You know, thinking short first. Right. Um, he gets the ball. He looks up. You know, that, I mean, that, I think that's a credit to kind of how the things are set up around here. Like we want a goalkeeper at UConn who can play a ball that you know we don't want a goalkeeper who's afraid to play that ball. Exactly. Um, and his teammates know that, so it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Um. I want to I want to pull up this one. So let, I want to pull up this one right here now. So now um, we are going to move on away from this game here. Da, 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 da. Oh God, I'm doing it again. Singing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm so used to it at this point. Mike. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So fair. now this is against Providence, and uh, this is in the 26th minute right here. And basically, what happens is he recognizes that there's a square ball comes in. Then he sees the cutback on this guy that's chasing, right? There's the cutback there. And now when we're talking about identifying patterns, he sees be- the reason that guy cut back is because he sees that gap right there. He sh- holds there, gets drops back a little bit for depth. And then because he knows his near post is covered, brilliant save right there, even though there's that massive gap right there. Yeah, I, I think – yeah, no, I, I think one of Jamal's – uh, parts of this game that is probably my favorite just to watch objectively is, you know, both at UConn, but also afterwards wherever he's going to end up. Um, I think he does a wonderful job of keeping his feet uh, and kind of like, and, and this goes back to kind of what fits for him. You know, he keeps his feet, but he also, we had some dogs in agreement there, uh, <laughs> but, um, but he also controls the depth here. So, you know, he kind of camps out in a position that's comfortable where he's got space to work with. So the shot has a little bit of distance, but also he's not too deep, but he's not too high. This is a really comfortable spot for him. Um, 
in some sense, I almost think he makes the save look a little easier than it, yeah. it actually is. Um, but you know, it's there's a lot of control that he has here. Um, you can tell he's got a little bit of a bounce to himself. He's ready to kind of roll out of his his position wow. here. Um, and you know, yeah, you can maybe critique like maybe body shape a little bit here. But the big thing is like again, like is it working for him? This is a this is a spot and on the field, but also his body shape where he feels comfortable that he can break out. And you know, if you if you're comfortable as a goalkeeper, like instantly more successful than if you're if you're feeling constrained uh, oh i've got to have my hands here or whatever or i can't right. do that you know um so i i think this is this is a save that maybe looks a little bit easier than it is but um no i was i was very happy to see this in game so i mean i was I going think, to the upper corner but i also think that in it he he forces the attacker to make to make a decision like to instead of the other way around instead of you know there are a lot of players that might have come off their line more in this situation. And the attacker sees that, takes a touch and beats them, goes around the other side. But by holding shape here, all right, now he's cutting back in and now he's like, he's got pressure on him. And so he, he doesn't have the time to really, although it's, you know, it's a great save, a good shot. Like it's what you don't see is the keeper, him holding that shape. So it forces him. It's what we talk about with Michelle, you know, it's like, oh man, he didn't bite. He didn't do this. I didn't manipulate him. Now I have to make a quick decision. Now I have pressure on me, and it, it forces it forces that shot. I I, I, I I agree completely. Go ahead, Bill. Well, I'll just say one thing here, and I think this goes back to the trend thing. I, I think you're absolutely right, Saskia. I mean, he he puts the onus on the shooter to beat him, which is something I think that's a kind of a newer trend um, over the last like ten or so years. I think you can go back to those first seasons of MLS, which is kind of wild to watch um, where, <laughs> like where dribbling keep... penalty kicks oh well, i honestly i'll say i'll say this i actually really love those and i really miss i those. do too um, i love those very fun to, to be in but also watch but um i feel like here if this play had happened in like you know mid to late 90s really anywhere in the world but certainly in, in america that goalkeeper is just sprinting down the line they were mm -hmm. they were so quick to do leave the line which you know i i think there's something to putting stress on the on the shooter of running at them. I don't want to take that away, but I think this is just another trend of like, Hey, goalkeepers are feeling comfortable here, but you know, maybe if you've got it, maybe a more undersized keeper, who's really quick, like you might tell them the situation, like, Hey, go challenge that through ball there. Like maybe they have a higher line that they're starting from. Yeah. Um, again, and it comes down to the keeper. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, but I, but I'm going to say, you know, for, for, in regards to himself here, if he had come off that line, that's what this dude wanted because yep. then you're exposing all that space and there's no way he can make that save. Not now. to he, mention he might catch you still moving forward. Yeah. So he might just be passing the ball right by you. And if he's quick and he lets the ball roll across him and you're coming, he might dribble around you. So like I'm, I am like, although old and old school, mm -hmm. I was taught to make the force the onus on, on mm -hmm. the player. So I guess I'm like, I'm hip again. Head of your head of your time. <laughs> but, plug back around, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. and, and I like that. Like, I think, plus you already have, you have people recovering. So, yeah. you know, Absolutely. I, I, I don't, I want to bring this up right here because uh, this is something that, that is really, really important in regards to the fact is, and I forgot who it was. I apologize if it was at Suskia or if it was Bill, but somebody here had just brought up the fact is like, you have to, just because this is what, you're told you're supposed to do in this scenario. If that's not what you feel comfortable doing, even if something's not considered the right decision, if you feel comfortable, there's a good chance that you're going to be more successful in it because you're confident. 
as opposed to doing something you're not confident in just because everyone tells you that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, I, I you know, I think that again, this the the way to have that confidence, that comfort, comfortness, um, is kind of recognize what your strengths are, and that is difficult. You know, I don't want to act like that's very easy, and I think a lot of times we can misidentify what our strengths are, and not that as players and coaches for sure. Um, but you know, when you when you have that confidence and that blueprint of like, hey, this is my thing, this is what I do. Um, you know, your decision-making process becomes so fluid, you know, and again, maybe it's the wrong decision, but like, because you've made a wrong decision efficiently and quickly, that's going to go a lot better than you trying to think. I mean, that play there, that ball comes on a frame, maybe half a second, maybe like three, four tenths of a second. Like he doesn't have the luxury of thinking, Oh, what do I need to exactly do here? I mean, that's from foot to, to hand, you know, that's a very, very quick, you know, reaction there that you've got to make. So, um, yeah, you, you need these fluid, efficient decision-making processes and not something getting overwhelmed where you're trying to find the exact one and then you just get it, the ball gets slipped by you. I, I want to I pull up this one right here now, so I want to move on here. Da, 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 da. We'll grab it here as we go. We, oh, come on, this play just goes forever. Oh, there we go. Okay, so this is against Villanova right here, 74th minute. Ball's kind of this is a this is a weird ball because basically what happens is the ball's kind of lost inside here and it's immediately into the space of this oncoming player right here. Um, but you kind of he kind of keeps following him to the near post because he recognizes that he didn't shoot there. He keeps dragging him to the near post, recognizes he's got coverage on the back post right there, holds shape, and sees that the guy his only option is to try to slot that ball. So just stay big and just get a little foot on that. Boom. And you got it covered. There was no way that guy was going to score. Well, I said that. As, well, I, I said there's, probably, there's an easy way for him to score is if Jamali's out of control in his movement. So if yeah. you notice that ball is going against his momentum there, um, I think we see a lot of times where this that slow ball trickles in because the goalkeeper is out of control. They're so focused on having like, can you freeze it on right when he takes, uh, sure. like he puts his foot on the ball where he's shooting, um, right here. No, 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 no. Right, right when the shot, okay. right as the shot happens. So freeze, like right. Oh, as, right, right, right as the shot happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right here. Okay, yeah. Right. So, like, and I don't have a perfect angle on this, but like, I, I think Jamali may be a little bit, quote unquote, too far to his right, as, or the shooter's left, as far as where the line is on this. But the big thing is that he's in control, so you can give a little bit on your on your positioning. He, I, and maybe he does have perfect positioning. I, I can't quite tell here, but the big thing and. He can make this save if he's set, but if he's out of control and in a good spot, quote unquote, but if he's out of control, the whole backside of the goal is going to be very impossible to, to yeah. save. So, and if um, he's and if he's just assuming it's going near post, and he's, yeah, that's he's cheating. If he's just going, if he's cheating, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, as a if big, he just keeps, print, if he keeps going here as opposed to, or if once he takes a shot, if he goes, like yeah. because it goes under his player's leg, technically, yeah. see yeah. that, yeah. And so yeah. he still has he still has his body in control again in control enough to kick a leg out. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah, opposed absolutely. to just going. <laughs> and, yeah, and I, I and I think it, that's where he got. Oh, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was gonna say I do feel like a lot of goalkeepers assume that when a defender cuts off, quote unquote, cuts off a part of the goal, that that's like a brick wall. But here, as you're pointing out, that ball slips under mm -hmm. um, his foot, so like he hasn't overprotected a spot. You know, he, right. he's kind of realized like, okay, this might get blocked over here, but I'm going to get into a spot one where it's comfortable, comfortable for me to break out. I'm putting a little more onus on the shooter here. 
um, and doing something that's comfortable for him. Um, so this is this is a really th this is one of those things that and and I I, I did, never talked to Jamali about this save, so maybe he has many things to say about this. But I think this would probably be a good example of it would be less about him doing a scientific like perfect thing. like i i worked on the the math on this and more of like hey i felt good in this spot i felt confident i could make the save and i did what was natural for me um you know and i think we, we could break it down you could say a lot about the the technique and the mechanics and stuff but the big point for me is that like he felt confident to make the save and he felt good here um and he makes a save that's great it's a big time yeah. save too zero, zero zero game there yeah. So. yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean and I think, you know, obviously now I'm recognizing because Siska, thank you for pointing that out, that in the fact that the ball, he loses sight of that ball as his player goes in for that tackle right there. And that's why he, that's why it's an immediate reaction to get that foot down um, because, he, because he lost sight. That yeah. is a very good, that is. Can wow, you, can you believe team. this goalkeeper didn't uh, get first, second or third <laughs> team, all big East. I mean, totally <laughs> robbed off of it. I just can't. Oh. Uh, Oh man. Oh man. I'm learning a lot about the NCAA and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, oh, you, you show you show them on the back end who who was right. That's the trick. You, you, you show them up. You say, you know what? Y'all were wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove it. <laughs> exactly. Does he have another year of eligibility? Um he uh I don't I know he's leaving for a fact. Okay. I don't I think he's finished his eligibility. I should I should know that, but I, gotcha. I know he's leaving for a fact. Gotcha. And we will we will leave it at when we will leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously he's going to go on to good things. So you know. no, I, we we had a we had a we were very thankful to have have a good run with him, and we're all very excited about his future. And um, he he's ready for the next level. We're we're excited to see it. So. Good. Well, I can't wait to see him at the next level. We'll have to have him on the show at the next level. There we go. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. All right, so uh, I want to finish off with this one right here. This is against Yale, right? This is, uh, this is, this is Yale, Yale this right is Yale. here. Yeah. yeah. So in the seventh minute, so obviously this is early in the game, a player tries to cut right here, but they're unsuccessful, and they kind of lose the ball as they I do that. It. It's a big touch. He recognizes how big that touch is, mm -hmm. and this is the scenario where it is appropriate for you to go in and go down and, go and down. take that ball away. Thank you. And go down. Not and block, not, not spread. Not block, not block. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little. Now I say the, the, think this is a smart play here. Um, I think that maybe the block would probably fit a goalkeeper who's maybe a little bit more slow footed. So you can see mm -hmm. here, Jamali covers the ground there to get his hands on the ball. I think it's, it's a, it's a simple play, quote unquote, that it looks simple, but um, you know, this is a big brave play here. But let's say maybe. Maybe it's a little bit tall goalkeeper, 6'5", and they're yeah. just not able to quite cover that distance. Like, the block may be a good tool for that. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe they're sitting in a little bit deeper. Or maybe they lost their footing. You know, like, I I, I think in some sense he uses the correct option here because, like, it works. Um, but I think he could have gone into a block save and made a big save there, and I wouldn't have gotten upset about it. Um, so I... I I, I try to walk this line ultimately of I, I, I think there's two big camps right now in, in goalkeeping of anti-block and super pro block here. Um, I, I try I'm to not anti-block. It's just yeah. <laughs> number one, you're going to give up a rebound. And if you don't have to, don't. And sure. number two, like I, the thing I like about this is he's waiting for that long touch. Yeah. Like he knows mm -hmm. his, his defenders 
about to lunge, stepping in, you could see him just go, okay, the only way he's going to beat him is to go with a long touch. And, and he's kind of like, look at him just like leaning into it, ready to go. And I love that anticipation. And um, that's why he gets the jump on it. It's good stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think that's Jemai, an example. <laughs> yeah. Jamal definitely plays the position in this kind of deceive, like almost like a safety in, in American football. Like he's kind of deceivingly like giving you ground, but he's, ready to pounce both way in this we didn't we don't have a clip here which is fine but a lot of crossing situations like he'll cover a lot of ground but you kind of see where he's set up like you don't think oh he's he's like he's starting on top of the six on the corner like he's not doing anything like that but he he does a good job of kind of knowing when to pounce and when to hang back right but I, I think this is also also just a good lesson in regards to for kids to recognize too when we're talking about identifying patterns like it's something again, talking about micro patterns, like when a ball is loose, this is the scenario right there. You know, patterns don't necessarily have to be, you know, things you've been seeing throughout the game, but more like when a ball is loose, this, this is the, this is the pattern that generally happens. So if you kind of were anticipating that in your head, not guessing and already going, but anticipating that, then you can right. get the jump on the player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's a blueprint and forethought on what he's doing there. So for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, guys, I, I don't want to keep you guys uh, too much longer because I know everyone's got a lot of different things uh, to, to go about right here. Um, I do want to talk about this uh, really quickly um, because there are a lot of young goalkeepers out there, and for lack of a better term, they think that they're reading the game they're actually misidentifying patterns. They're misidentifying trends that they're seeing. And does like, we'll start with Suskia. Do you have any advice for any goalkeepers out there who are kind of like getting caught in the same scenarios over and over again, but they think that they're reading it right. And then, and for whatever reason, every single time the same thing's happening over and over, if that makes any sense. Well, then they're not reading it right. Yes. <laughs> Nothing's the same. Not the pace of the okay. ball, the player you're going against, the situation, your defender, um, whatever. I mean, you know, they're basics in goalkeeping, <laughs> you know, that we, we build off of. But, you know, especially, you know, if you have a keeper that keeps making the same decision and it keeps coming up wrong, you have to you have to give them other options. Um whether show them like the scenarios, definitely show them the video of what they're doing wrong, have the discussion with them and, and start teaching them so that they can identify and make the choices, you know, with multiple scenarios. Like, like if, if the block was needed there um, because it's a taller player, but they do go down and they get beat and they keep doing that. Well, you know, let's try something else here. Let's, let's, let's tweak this and see how this works in this situation. Um, and some t- and and give them multiple tools in their toolbox. Period. Yeah, Bill. Anything you want to add? I yeah. I, I think. It, I mean. Well, first of all, I mean, as Saskia knows, like how fortunate are goalkeepers now to have so much video? You know. Oh, are like, you kidding like, me? Yeah, Saskia didn't grow up like having like, <laughs> all, like I mean like, you know, <laughs> like your average. I'm like, mom, dad, to... did you tape over the VHS? By the way, Bill, how did you do all that research to put together all those lists of all the goalkeepers from back the like Mary Hart, like all those people? Like, like where did you find all the footage? Well, I, I didn't, first of all. Uh, but I mean, uh, you get into a point, I don't know quite where the line is, but there's like an aspect of soccer history where which is all word of mouth essentially. And then it kind of transitions into video at some point. Um, but I, I mean, I can't, I can't weigh in on 
you know, what people did and, and, you know, especially like the, you know, what, what's available of like the first women's world cup is like, you know, just fractions of it. You, know, you get these yeah. clips here, you know, and you think of like goalkeepers from the 20th century in general, like pretty much every time you see any video of them, they're getting scored on. Like you don't really see any saves, like it's, it's just exclusively the goals there. So, um, you know, I think 20th century stuff and, and even before that is, is going to be more word of mouth. And um, I'm happy to take people at their word. If, you know, if someone says Janine Sapara was a four-time All-American, then like she's four-time All-American. I Janine. can't, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. So, um, but. Um, I know you guys could have a discussion. You guys can have a whole, uh, a whole, a whole ar- archival discussion. Beast. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, and, and like, you know, there's something. I could go on a long soapbox about this, but I won't. But I, I think there's something that really gets missed out on these young fans and players. Like, they don't understand, like, you know, I I, I don't know, Saskia, but, like, I assume there's not a ton of video in your game. So I think it's no. easier for people to think, oh, like, I can't watch her play. She must not have been good. Like I have No, to, so I, I, I always to... let them know that <laughs> Mike and them yeah. laugh. I'm like, that's why I don't get in goal in practice, because as long as they think <laughs> I was the greatest, it's fine. <laughs> smart, smart. Yeah, that's right. That and among uh, other physical reasons. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's there's a lot of history and like I would almost argue like respect that gets lost of not realizing like just because you can't you know, watch someone play, you know, so, I mean, there's just so much video on modern goalkeepers now. So that's a, that's a side point. Um, But uh, for these young goalkeepers and and coaches, I mean, certainly video is a big part of it, but I I would, it's very difficult to get someone to to know what they don't know sort of thing. Um, And usually I would say the best way to go about that is more like factual, objectual, objective sort of stuff. So um, I think something is, is thinking is like, Hey, you know, and, this is a little bit of work, but like if you wrote down every time you got scored on and kind of wrote some notes on it, like over a while you would recognize a pattern. Um, right. And then you'd also be able to think like, what, what is the game actually asking of me? Maybe I've spent a ton of time on, on upper 90 saves, but 12 of the last 20 goals have come off corners. It's like, well, yeah. you know, that's probably something that we can work on. How many, how many, how many goals or shots have been in the upper 90? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, well, well, guys. Uh, first off, Bill, thank, thanks, thanks for taking the time, man. And uh, and again, Bill, uh, tell Margaret I said hi, please. Um, oh, sorry, Matt. Yeah, Matt with Mags. I was like Margaret. Mags. Yeah, Mags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pass it along. I'll pass it along. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, obviously, guys, you can reach out to Suskia Weber at Suskia underscore Weber. Wait till after the NCAA tournament, probably. Wait till after I I respond. To- Stan yeah, stands first. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh wait, 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 wait! Now respond to Stan, respond to Stan first. Uh, obviously, uh, and then obviously, guys, if you want to reach out to uh, to Bill, um, it's still. Is, are you doing any writing right now? Now that the off season started back up, I've, I've got a couple of things in the mix. I'm trying to do like a U U24 men's women's American list at the moment. Um, so that's probably the, the thing I'm, I'm trying to finish up. But um, I got a little bit of writing to more writing time now so yeah no i mean and, and guys again if you haven't if you haven't checked out bill's work and we're you know i, I almost gave up something uh a, a project that's in the works a project that's in the works <laughs> maybe maybe see checking out some of bill's bill's work very soon on, on that's in, right in, in that in that project uh, i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> 
um, guys, if, uh, if you want, if you want to reach out to us, contact it inside the 18 media.com. That's the number 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast. If you want to reach out to me directly at Michael Magid or Michael Magid comedy.com for my tour dates. That is all the time on inside the 18 and we are out later guys. Yeah.